Welcome to Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and her special guest, Dr. Carol Peters and Judge Edna Stout. Love talking today about grief. Thank you, Gavin. We are in studio today, and we are so excited about the program that we have. It's been a very busy week, Gavin. I know you've been busy, and we've been busy. Put out the Good News Journal this last week, and uh, lots of exciting things are going on here in Austin, Texas. And as we um, talk today, we're going to be talking about um, some things that have become a very common part of of our lives uh, individually and as a nation. And, of course, our goal here is to build bridges of love and leadership. And uh, we're going to do that today with two very special friends of mine, Judge Edna Stout and Dr. Carol Peters. And Dr. Carol uh, is well known as the proponent of whole person health and lifestyle and shows a degree from Loma Linda University, Linda, uh, and then Doctor of Ministries from Oral Roberts, and she's an OBGYN doctor, and she just flew in from a great big thing, so we'll be welcoming her. And then we have uh, just Judge Edna Stout, and Judge Edna has been my friend for years, <laughs> and she has six children and nine grandchildren, and her desire as a judge is to serve the families of Wisdom County. Uh, to um, who elected her to the office of judgeship in 1994, and that's now 20 years, and that's a long time. But she serves on numerous boards, including the Williamson County Jail Bond Board, Child Fertility Review Team, Safe and Drug-Free Schools Committee, Agape Pregnancy Center, and um, she is the Central Texas Justice of the Peace and the Constable Association. For a long time, my friend. Welcome, Miss Edna. Oh, it's so good to Judge be here Edna. with you, <laughs> Welcome, Doctor. It's great to be here. Well, uh, we are yes. so glad. I'm a little off my oats today. I uh, have been getting ready for a, a big conference that, that I'm doing up in Belton and also uh, for Fourth of July. It's uh, excitement about Fourth of July and yeah, the freedom that we're celebrating. Yeah. So what are we going to do today? I want to, so first of all, thank you all for taking time. And I know you've been on the road all week, Dr. Carroll, and I uh, uh, want to find out a little bit about what you're up to, what's going on in your life. Now, and I know you're running for re-election. Let's start with you. I am. How's that going? I am running for re-election. I'm really excited about serving the people of Williamson County again. I will be on the ballot in November 6th again as a Republican. And I, uh, all of us have opponents, so it's a very hotly contested race this year. Uh, we are striving as the local Republicans to uphold our godly values, our Christian, our conservative values. I just came back from the Republican convention in San Antonio and was inspired again for the thousands of people that were there eager to, to push forward uh, freedoms in our country, the ability to, to worship freely, the, the ability to choose the educational source of our children, uh, to choose their own uh, health care, uh, all the things that we hold dear and the values and the freedoms that we have in this nation. And that's what we stand for. And, we, you know, Williamson County is known to be a very conservative group. And, yes, we are Christian in nature, but we are also very, very conservative in wanting people to understand the freedoms. And, and what a better chance right now on the 4th of July to say, you know, we have our beautiful country because we fought a terrible tyrant. 
and we don't want the government of our country to become the tyrant. And so we need people in office that understand our Constitution and how we obtain the Constitution and the fact that that document alone gives us a republic. You know, Benjamin Franklin said when he walked out of the convention, somebody asked him, well, Benjamin, what type of government do we have? And he said, well, it's a republic if you can keep it. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's what it is. It is a republic. That's why we pledge to the to the flag to the republic. It's not a democracy. You know, democracy is considered, quote, unquote, mob rule. And that's not what we have. We have a republic. We elected people who are going to represent us. And I'm excited about hopefully, prayfully being elected in this next election, me, along with a lot of other conservatives to do the same. Well, uh, Judge Edna, you know, we are in a series of gap living. And a gap is... Um, our understanding of what that is is a place of, of not permanence. Hmm. It's something that would slow you down a little bit or move you somewhere else. And Elijah, I think it was Elijah, no, Ezekiel. Ezekiel uh, was so distraught with his nation at the time, with, with Judah at the time. And he just really went before the Lord and began to whine and pray and cry out to him hmm. and to seek him. And like God didn't know what was going on. And so finally God spoke to him and he said, Ezekiel, he said, there's going to come a day when I'm going to do something. But in the meantime, I'm standing for a man to stand in the gap. Hmm. And the gap is God's appointed place or God anointed person. And so as we're, we're going to be talking about that today, we're going to talk about what how, how sad it is that we are grieving so much with, with our government today and some of those things. But we've got Dr. Carol with us. <laughs> <laughs> and she is, on a, we're going to talk about the side of personal grief. You know how hard it is when you lose something that's so much a part of your life to begin to live it with joy and and um, and and the fullness of, of God's Holy Spirit. So, Dr. Carol, give us a background. God brought me and my husband together just about 10 years ago now. Just th- this year, this this spring, it, would, it was uh, 10 years. And I knew when God brought my husband and I together that, if, barring a miracle or Jesus' imminent return, that the day would most likely come from mm-hmm. a human perspective when I would need to lay him to rest. He was a little older than me. He had some health issues. And that time came just over two years ago. Uh, it was uh, something that, although I didn't want it to happen nearly so soon, mm-hmm. there were some aspects in which his my husband's death was not a complete shock. And yet, I don't think anything in my life could have prepared me for the exhaustion, the disorientation, the loneliness. When you lose a spouse, everything changes nothing is the same anymore and you may hear that and think well yes of course but the littlest things Mm -hmm. like uh, what food do I buy at the grocery store Um, what time do I get up in the morning do I leave the light on at night Um, there's nobody to open the door when I come home after having been away and just multiple multiple things so it's a completely disorienting kind of sense Um, it's a it's a wilderness to walk through but what I did learn what I have learned over the last little over two years is that when Paul talks about in first Thessalonians that 
we don't grieve as those who mm-hmm. have no hope. Paul said, I don't want you as believers who have lost loved ones to grieve in the same way that those who don't have hope. We grieve as believers, but we grieve differently. And I've learned how it's possible to have mountainous grief with irrepressible pain that you just, it, it's hard to see beyond the moment, and at the same time have hope too. Because we know the end of the story, it's possible to have both that pain and that hope at, at the very same time. I think on one hand, some believers feel like, if I trust in Jesus, I'm not going to hurt. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Um, but it does make a difference. Our our faith, our knowing the end of the story, our knowing Jesus as we do, changes the way we go through grief. And I have experienced that personally through these last couple of years. You know, Dr. Carol, Judge uh, Edna South has walked through that same experience. Mm-hmm. Just has, how long ago, Edna? It's just barely, it's not been quite six months, January. Yeah. How like that? has your life been it's very true the confusion but what i ex- described was you know someone asked me what was the first feeling you had was it just a loss of you gone you've you've left me Part you're, of you're gone, gone. Yes. and of course i knew that he had gone to heaven and he had made that trip you know and i knew where he went but it was not a lot of consolation to me and i described the grief as being intense uh, deep inside, just gut-wrenching, and I just couldn't take my breath. I just almost passed out because it was such a shock to my mm-hmm. system, even though, like you said, you may expect it. But when that moment happens, he was at home, and I found him, and it's just gut-wrenching. But then you move towards out of that grief of severe crying and everything because you love him greatly then of course you're going to miss him greatly and then you move into that sadness that comes oh i just wish he'd been here so that we could continue on our trip to the lake or our trip to see the kids or all those things you're thinking about and then you move from that sadness you're looking for that joy that comes next because god says he rejoices at the death of his saints and so god is happy that randy's with him uh, because he is playing his guitar and he is walking in the woods. And, and I know that he's content and happy. And so I have to be that way, too, because that's what the Lord would have us to be. God is close to the brokenhearted. In Psalm 34, he tells us that he's close to the broken heart. So God knows my heart is broken because I don't have Randy physically with me. But every day I try harder and harder to just realize he's still with me in my memories and in my thoughts mm-hmm. and in my love. And I still have great consolation in that and great comfort, and, and that's what I do. It's, but it's very similar. How you described it. People who have been through the loss of yes. a spouse, it's a little bit different grief. It's not any less painful or less horrible than losing someone else because loss is loss. If it's your loss, it is the greatest loss. But when you lose a spouse, it's a little bit different because, like you said, I go home this evening, and he's not there. You know, the kids are all grown, so it's an empty house. But, you know, God is good. He gets us through it. And that's the difference. Our faith lets us know that we are still not alone. Jesus is with us. Very true. One thing that I, I learned uh, through this process, if if I knew, if, if you knew, uh, Judge Edna, that, you know, tomorrow this pain would be gone, or two days from now this pain would be gone, or in one week this pain would be gone, okay. I can survive this for a day. I can survive it for a week. Part of what is so overwhelming is that it's hard to see the end when you're in the middle of of this grief. Mm -hmm. It it feels like it's forever, and you feel like you're drowning. But when I can remember that 
there is an end to the story. We do know that this pain yes. will end. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I will go to be with my husband in heaven in another day or a week or whether it will be another 20 years or Jesus will return, but we know that's coming. We have just as much assurance of that, and that has become very precious to me. Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at life, um, it's filled with a lot of things that are painful. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And and you can't get around it. That's exactly true. Uh, but we want to talk about the statistics or the, the structure of grief when we come back. And I want to tell a little story. Okay. Let's take our break, Gavin, and hear from some of those wonderful people that pay the bill for me to come down here and see you every week. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better Better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith, 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Thank you, Gavin, and thank you to all those wonderful uh, partners we have here on Love Talk. We are in studio today with Dr. Carol Peters and Judge Edna Stout, and we're talking about grief. Those times in our life when we get in a hole and we feel like there's no way of getting out, and it's it's painful, it's it's um, it's horrible, uh, and sometimes we just don't know where to go to get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before we moved to Austin. Uh, we had a really b- rough year in 1968. The 
first thing that happened was Van's father passed away, and he had been sick for a while. And then his mother came down with leukemia, hmm. and she passed away in three months. Whoa. And about three months after that, my phone rang one morning at 3 o'clock, and it was the local sheriff. And he said, Evelyn, do you have a brother named Jack Walker? And I said, yes, I do. He said, well, I hate to tell you this, and I want you to go tell your mom and dad, but he was abducted last night and shot and robbed. Oh, dear. And so I left the boys. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. went down to mom and dad's house. My dad was not a Christian. And he was... They, in the meantime, they had gotten a message that this happened. And he'd go to the front door and holler, God, where are you? Yes. And to the back door and God. And they had a beautiful farm. We lived on a ranch. And they, they sold their home in Houston to move up to Lufkin where we had a ranch. And that's where Tate came from. Anyway, uh, I couldn't I couldn't console either one of them. Mom was throwing clothes in the, And it was, I said, Mom, wait till it gets daylight. Papa can't drive like this. But they got in in, in their truck because they had a, a camping trailer. They fished all the time and, and took off to go to Houston. Uh, it it really uh, opened a mm, an avenue in our life, mine and Vance, to begin to look at things a little differently. So that kind of loss was just devastating. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know what to do with it. Yes. We honestly did. We didn't want to be happy around my mom and dad. We couldn't do that. And his mom and dad were gone. And and I had surgery three times that year. I'm a free bleeder. And and I uh, had one tumor that was the size of grapefruit. And it it was just horrible. And so one afternoon, I we had a big black gum tree in our front yard. And we lived on a farm road. And... I could look out the window and see our Danny playing on the black the tree. And he dug a hole, and he put something in the hole. And so in a little while, he came in, and he stood at, at the door of the bedroom. And, and I said, Danny, what have you been doing? And he said, oh, I buried something. And I said, what did you bury? He said, there was a bird, Mother, that died, and I buried her. I said, I just buried her. And I said, well, that's very sweet of you. And he said, could I ask you a question? And I said, sure, Danny. He was about seven years old. He said, are you going to die? He said, everything I love dies. And in the meantime, he had lost our uh, beagle dog. Mm -hmm. And it was just this this rolling thing that we thought we're on and we'll never get off of it. Yes. And so I shared a little story with him. I said, you know, uh, someday I will, but I'm not going to. Jesus gets my house done. And I told this once before. Uh, and when he gets his house, gets my house done, well, then, you know, I've asked him to give me a porch with rocking chairs and a swing and a light. And I, you know, I'm old and I'll, I'll get my house where you get yours and I'll leave the light on for you. Hmm. <laughs> he it was like sunshine came in. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, and we, I know as we're talking today, we have a lot of young people that listen to us. Death is, is tough to deal with. It is. You know, the human condition has a 100% mortality rate. Nobody escapes this. We don't like to talk about it. We try and prevent it. We don't want to think about our own death. We... Uh, try everything we can to to kind of 
cover it over. We don't talk to children about it. I, I'm talking about in general. That's that's the way in in general that that, that we approach things. But every single human being, with the except for the special cases of Enoch and Elijah, <laughs> every human being dies. And yet we we rage against it. Um, in 1 Corinthians, Paul calls death the last enemy. Mm-hmm. It is an enemy. This is not the way God created things to be. Although our human condition has a 100% mortality rate, in God's universe, death is the aberration. Mm-hmm. In God's original creation in heaven, in personally, I believe, and we, I think we have evidence that out there in the universe, there are, there are other beings. Things don't die. Animals don't die. Plants don't die. Beings don't die. Angels don't die. In our world, death may seem normal, but we rage against it, I believe, because that's an echo in part of God created us for eternity. And we sense that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. It's not. It's not fair. It's not right. You know, why did my husband have to suffer and die? You know, why why did Randy have to die? Why did your brother get killed? Uh, You know, why do our our animals... But when you really step back and look at it, why isn't something we can rationalize? Yes, we cry out to God and say, why? And, And this has become so important to me, too. When you look at Scripture... God welcomed those questions from his mm-hmm. friends. You read at the Psalms, and David is crying out over and over yes. again, Why, Lord, did you let this happen to me? Why is this Why is this going on? Why won't you come help me? That's the thing to do with our questions, is yeah. to point them to God. Yes, there is a way where you can question God in, in bitterness and anger and close yourself off to, to hearing from him. That's not what we're talking about. But... Those why questions that we as believers have, that's normal, it's okay, and God welcomes us to ask him those questions. You know, when you look at it from the medical point of view, and and you see it every day, I know, Dr. Carroll, it's just, it's different, you know, than maybe my view of it. And Edna, you sit in that courtroom. Mm -hmm. I do, and I see grief in the courtroom. She asked me that earlier. I said... Being in the courtroom, how do you see grief? Well, grief manifests itself in the forms of rebellion, in the form of depression. Uh, I have young people who stop going to school because they have lost someone they love. They become self-destructive because of that loss. They move from the grief into that depression, and they don't know how to deal with that. They don't have that hope. Or maybe they just don't know how to grasp that hope. But I see it played out in a self-destructive manner, and grief can do that to you. Being a coroner, again, I see so many people that don't know how to deal with grief, and they end up destroying themselves, especially people who have lost someone through suicide. If someone they love has has Mm -hmm. taken their own life, then one year to the date, you know, six months to the date, that person, another person takes their life. And that is not understanding that grief is going to, you're going to go through what I call a roller coaster of emotions. The grief, the anger, mm-hmm. the guilt, the disappointment, the memories, the I wish it had been different type. And you go up and down, up and down. Every once in a while someone comes into your life and they recall a sweet memory or a laugh or something mm-hmm. happened. And you have these moments of joy and you're glad that you had your time with them. But then you slope that back down again to that grief and that depression again. 
you have to get through that ride and then it smooths out eventually you never forget them the the grief is kind of gone it's replaced with a sadness and eventually that sadness is replaced with just a a feeling of knowing Mm -hmm. that you had a great love in your life and you still do and when i saw randy it was like he's gone he's passed because the spirit was there. Every one of us have a spirit. We're three mm-hmm. we are a three part being, body, soul and spirit. And so I use the word that Randy passed, not that he died. Yeah. In the physical, yes, his body gave way. But his spirit just moved on. Yeah. He was not there anymore. The flesh graduation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the earth suit. Sometimes we call it the earth suit. Well, Our earth suit is still here and it does deteriorate, but the spirit within us is alive and well. And he just moved from one place to another. He passed on. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to pass on from this life to the next one. And that's where God defeated death. And that's where we do. We defeat death that way, too, as Christians, because we have an eternity. And we all live eternity one place or another. And so that's the difference. Well, let's ask some questions. Okay. Yes. First of all, is grieving a sin? We would hear it in the Bible if it was. Uh, Jesus' friends grieved. Paul talks to the believers in First Thessalonians not to tell them not to grieve. Mm-hmm. There is nowhere in Scripture that it says don't grieve. Paul's prayer, Paul's wish, is that we don't grieve as in the yeah, same, same way grief. as those who don't have hope. Yes. So um, how we respond to any challenge, including grief... It's possible to respond in sinful ways, but grieving is not a sin. Mm -hmm. It's a measure of how deep that love was, Mm -hmm. of how important that person was. And uh, I believe Jesus grieved, even though he could see the future. He wept. He wept. He wept. Absolutely, when his friend Lazarus died. Now, there's Bible scholars that have said, oh, he, you know, he wept because of those who didn't believe in him and so on. And all that may have been true. But Jesus was just as much man as he was God. He loved his friend. He grieved, even though it was for a short time. So, no, grief is not a sin. Okay, we come back. We're going to find out, you know, why do the grieve feel guilty right after this, Dr. Carroll? I think you can tell us that or maybe Edna. Why Why do the people that grieve feel guilty? Right after this, stay with us. Hi, this is John Cotner, and you know, we all can use some happiness, some hope, and humor in our lives. I'm talking about the Good News Journal, published by Evelyn Davison. Well, the Good News Journal is free, and you can pick it up at locations across Central Texas like HEB, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, and churches, and it comes out every three months. Now, advertisers and writers interested in having an article published should call 512-249-6535. The Good News Journal, providing good news for the greater Austin and surrounding areas for 23 years. And now with more than 66,000 in circulation. Go to goodnewsjournal.net. That's goodnewsjournal.net. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. 
We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud Proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Thank you, Gavin, and thank you to all those wonderful people that make it possible for us to be here every Saturday. I was just, we were talking on the break, and October, we will celebrate 34 years of talking to Austin and the world. Now, with the with the web like it is, uh, on Love Talk. That 30, is amazing, Evelyn. 34 mm-hmm. years. And you know, I said I'd never do this. My dad had a radio station mm-hmm. on Saturday. My job was to get a big chief tablet and a number two pencil and some straight pens and uh, go out and get a milk bottle off the front porch. There were only two phones in town where where we live. Straight pens. Uh (laughs) And they put their requests in the milk bottle. And my job was to take the request out. And one lady said, please pray and play this for Aunt Sarah. And she fell and broke her toe. (laughs) You know me, I'm lighthearted, and so I got in trouble a lot with all that. <laughs> but uh, is it why? Why is it that we feel guilty when we get in the depressed areas or the discouraged areas? Well, we do. I think, I, personally, I think is because being a caretaker to the, that person, whether you're a parent with the responsibility of taking care of your child, mm-hmm. or if you're the spouse taking care of your spouse, whether they're sick or not sick, you still have a sense of responsibility to that person. And so when you are in that role, even a friend uh, can sense a responsibility to a friend. You know, I wish I had called you one more time. I wish I had come by one more time. So those people that are close into you that you have some sense of an accountability to or for, I think that's where the grief comes in. And especially those of us like me, I felt responsible for his health care to a great degree. And so I've had to fight that sense of I should have done this. I Mm -hmm. wish I hadn't have done that. And you just have to work through it and realize that, you know, in every step that we take, every day we have, we should do the best that we can with the knowledge that we have with the with the best intent of heart. And when you do that, when you look back and say, well, maybe that wasn't the right thing to do, but at the time, that seemed like the best thing to do with what I knew. And you just have to remind yourself that that's what you did. But that's the devil. That is the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that is when you are in grief, you are going to be attacked, whether it's through grief or sadness or whatever challenge you're going through, you're going to have that devil will come at you and just attack your mind with you. You should have done that or you should have done this. And as Christians, you should recognize that and say, devil, shut up. Get behind me. Uh, quit putting. There's no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And there is no condemnation of me because I did the best I could do with what I had. Yeah. And you have to talk to yourself out loud sometimes to make sure that and you it, move forward. It's a growth process. Too. Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you see it different or 
How do you sit in the medical world, Dr. Carol? I think it's a very rare thing where where losing a loved one, you don't have to wrestle with guilt. Um, Sometimes that can just be simple regrets. Oh, I wish I had said something different. Mm -hmm. Or like you were describing, I wish I had called that person again, especially someone who who takes their own life. Um, All the family members are going to deal with that. I think it's helpful sometimes to realize that there's true guilt and false guilt. False guilt is where you feel responsible, Mm -hmm. but in reality, you're not. You can't, for example, force your loved one to take care of themselves medically or to choose different friends or to not use drugs or whatever. Uh, Yes, we all have a role in each other's lives, but sometimes we can take on false guilt. And then I just want to speak for a minute about true guilt because... There are times when we know that we have caused our loved one's pain, whether directly or indirectly related to their death, but we are all fallen human beings. We all wound each other. We all get wounded. And some of that heaviness can be especially acute going through grief. I think we need to remember that there is only one person who can forever remove our guilt, and that's to place it onto Jesus. And I just want to encourage anyone listening who is wrestling with with that guilt, whether it's directly about the death of a loved one, uh, passing on of a loved one, or something else. If you are wrestling with that guilt, there's one person who takes it away, and that is Jesus. Just turn it on to him. Some people will say, well, I asked for God to forgive me, but I don't feel forgiven. If God says you're forgiven, do you really think you know better than he? <laughs> yeah. If he says you're forgiven, Bigger than just choose yeah. to believe that. Your feelings may take some time to catch up. Yeah. Like Judge Edna was saying, you have, to, you have to keep walking. You have to move forward and through it. But place your guilt on him. He can yeah. take it. Absolutely. Well, there, there's a question I, um, I want to ask about that. Um, the, the scripture says that God rejoices in the death of his saints. And our rope of hope is Jesus. Our thrill of hope mm-hmm. is heaven. Give us a comment about that. Well, I think, I think God loves us so much that his intent was for us to be with him forever. <laughs> I love it. That's what he wanted. That's why he created us all in the first place was to be with him. And the sin in the world has separated us from God. And so when we are reconciled back to God through the passing through the process of death, then he's welcoming them home like the prodigal son, sort of speak. You know, he's saying, welcome in, Randy. You know, now we're back together again the way that I had intended it to be. And so he is rejoicing that now he has his loved ones back in the way that he intended us to be. This is not how God intended us to live. We live in a fallen world because of sin. And even though sometimes we think the rivers are pretty and the mountains are beautiful, they are going to take on a whole new beautiful when we get to heaven. I still believe there's a beautiful place waiting there for us. And like I said, what God created for us originally, when we go, when he rejoices, it's because it's been reunited and we've been restored to where he intended us to be. I want to put an addendum onto that. Yeah. Um, God sees, God lives outside of time. Mm-hmm. We we feel the the pain of time, and God recognizes that. There's also scriptures, both in Ezekiel and in, in the New Testament, where it says God is not willing that any should perish. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that has a a physical meaning as well as an eternal meaning. And and I say that because I sometimes hear people say, well, why would God punish me by taking my loved one Mm -hmm. for himself? Isn't that God being selfish? Mm -hmm. 
and I, I want to address that that feeling. Um, you know, why would God take my loved one who didn't, who, who wasn't saved yet? Why didn't He leave them here so that they could be saved? Um, first of all, God sees the whole picture, and He sees things that we do not. But then He does understand our grief. Uh, in Isaiah 53, one of the phrases that is used of Jesus is, he carries our griefs. Mm-hmm. Now, th- that can be translated in different ways, but he, he, he carries our load as grieving loved ones tenderly as well. I love the picture that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus have with, you know, with Jesus, and we've alluded to that um, already. Jesus wept. When he came and was experiencing the the loss of his friend, even though he knew it would be short-lived. But how did he approach Mary and Martha, those sisters who had lost their brother? Uh, He he empathized with them. Um, He encouraged them. He he was tender with them. He didn't berate them Mm -hmm. for their sadness, Mm -hmm. for feeling the loss. Um, he didn't try and say, you, you shouldn't be grieving, you, you shouldn't be weeping. Uh, he, he wept with them. He joined with them, feeling the, the, the loss of his friend, but also the, the sisters in their pain. And so I, I think because we live inside of time, we often have a difficult time fully embracing what eternity will be. Yes, this life is so incredibly short, and God welcomes when his children come home. I, I said at my husband's homegoing service, at Al's homegoing service, it doesn't matter how many years we live on this earth, it's never enough. Yeah. We always want more, whether it's a, a moment and, and, and a baby dies or whether it's a long, many decades of, of life, it's never enough. Only in eternity will it be enough. My husband Al is now experiencing enough. Mm-hmm. And yet God is just as present in our pain right now just because he rejoices and he can see eternity it's not that he doesn't feel our pain or that we have to minimize our pain and deny our pain it it can be both and Mm -hmm. and and that's why i I said at the beginning I've, i've learned what it can be like to feel that overwhelming pain and loss and hope at the same time the hope does not mean we don't hurt yeah that's true but hoping means we can get through that journey of the wilderness of grief. Well, you know, the, I said Jesus is our rope of hope. He's tied to us yes. so tightly. And, you know, one of the things that my and Martha did, they kind of blamed him. But sure he didn't they did. Have, you didn't get here fast enough. Right. I did that. <laughs> yeah. I did that. I, I learned my lesson. One of those examples of Jesus is the one to point our questions to. We have to stick around long enough for him to answer. Yes. <laughs> We we have to allow him to to speak into our our minds. I can still remember a couple important moments when God did that for me as I was walking through mm-hmm. the first months of of uh, after the my, uh, loss of my husband. We have to allow him to answer, but we can ask him that. Lord, where were you when yes. my brother died? When you know, yes. and 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 he accepts those questions. Just stay around long enough for him to answer. Well, we got a lot of answers today from you, Dr. Carol, and, and you, Judge Edna. We come back. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the thrill of hope. Mm-hmm. You know, we we look past death. Mm-hmm. We look past the the hole that that 
even the cross was in. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there was one thing that Jesus said. He said, pick up my cross mm-hmm. and follow me through the gaps of life. Mm-hmm. Pick up my cross and follow me. And his cross is empty. It is. That's right. It doesn't have the burdens on it. You know, it doesn't. It's empty because mm-hmm. he is not there. Let's talk about that right after this, Gabby. Pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jenner Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. Well, we're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard and New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. Thank you, Gavin. We are in the studio today with two of my very best friends, and I love them here. It is Dr. Carol uh, Peters, and <laughs> I, get, I get stuttering when I say this, and Judge Edna Stout. And Edna, you and I have been friends a long, long time. That's right. We have a very long time, and I appreciate you, Evelyn. You're a great mentor and friend, and I appreciate you greatly. I grow, I grow a lot of, I gain a lot of strength from the things that you do. And I thought, you know, if that Evelyn can keep going. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> at her young age of 80 some odd years old, then who am I to complain where I'm at in my 60s, you know, soon to be 70, but I'm not there yet. But I just want to say, you know, into this discussion of grief, I'd like to bring to the table to those who are in that process right now, John 5. And it's the story of the man who sat by the well. And when Jesus came up to him, he said, don't you want to get well? And he said, he blamed the, he said, nobody will take me and put me in the water. And then he said, you know, someone beats me every time to the water. And he's blaming others. He blamed the man that wouldn't take him. And he blamed the man that beat him there. And Jesus' response to that, as far as blaming others for where you are and what you're going through and the feelings that you feel, he said, get up and walk. And that was the message to me when I found myself wallowing in the self-pity and in the grief and in the remorse and the guilt and all the things I was going through. Jesus said, get up. Because I didn't want to stay there. I knew God did not want me to stay there. It's perfectly okay. God's grace was covering me through all of those horrible emotions and feelings and tears. And I knew God was just holding me and said, yeah, I know it hurts. I know you're sad. But he said, get up. He said, it's going to be okay. We're going to walk through this. And your life is victorious. You have a life with me still. And so it's that get up that is uh, carrying me through. Get up, you know. And if you want to have joy in your life, then go get it, you know. It's not going to just come to you. You have to reach for it. Just like Paul stepping out of the water, out of the boat into the water. He didn't walk on the water until he took the first step. So you have to take that first step. We sometimes pray mm-hmm. for God to magically fix us. God, yeah. take my pain away. Take my grief away. Make me get over this. Uh, but I, I love that analogy in the, because there are steps that we have to take. Mm-hmm. I tell people, if they if they ask me, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? I'm in the middle of this and I can't say my way out. Just one step at a time. Healing is something you choose. Healing is something you invest in. Healing is something you actively Go after, and you're going to be tired. You're going to be confused. You may not feel like you know what to do, but just keep walking. Just take another step. Um, It may be slow. You may have to backtrack a bit. You may have to take some detours. There's things you're going to learn. There's things you're going to be surprised by. There's things that are going to feel overwhelming and take longer than you thought. And then one day, if you keep walking, if you keep taking one step after another, one day you're going to realize I'm not drowning quite so much. I can take a breath. The the sun is coming out. I can experience a moment of joy. I can I can see my grandchildren and, and relish in their opening presents and not be overwhelmed. Yes, I wish my has my I wish Al was there, but that pain is not overwhelming. I can truly enjoy this moment. Things like that start to happen if you just keep walking. Mm-hmm. And believing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And hanging on to your rope of hope. That's right. And know the thrill that comes from that. You know, when it took me about six weeks after that little conversation with Danny to really come to grips with what we were both all facing. And unfortunately, Van, during that time, Van came home and said that he uh, he thought we were going to have to move to Austin. And I said, huh, you may be Austin, but boys and I are not leaving the ranch. We are not moving to Austin. I said, you can just get another job. Well, I repented for about three weeks. And and I remember so well one afternoon I was praying. And I said, Lord, I'm quitting. <laughs> because I felt like I was the only Christian in my family. And I said, I'm quitting. From now on, if anybody gets anything done, you got to do it by yourself. I'm not, I'm just, not, I'm just quitting. 
Well, it did take me about 30 minutes of that, and I was ready to get up and do what I needed to do. But, you know, it is uh, discouragement is part of grief. And sometimes we, we don't have the courage to get up and go ahead and live our lives in a way that the Lord Jesus would have us live them. And he is our thrill of hope. He is. And let me encourage you, if you are feeling that discouragement, if you're in a moment like that, uh, reach out. That's that's a, a, a wonderful moment to ask for somebody else in the body of Christ to to lend a hand. They can't do your grieving for you. They can't walk through this wilderness for you. But sometimes you can borrow some of their faith. Um, sometimes just having somebody to be with. The ministry of presence can be powerful. Um Talking with a you know a pastor or friend or, or or someone if if you feel stuck and discouraged, it's okay. Yeah. That's why God puts us in the family of God yeah. is to come alongside. Yeah, you don't have to go and talk about your loved one. No, you can just go and make a phone call and visit about something different. Or maybe you like you said you can just go somewhere where there are people and just sit and enjoy the presence. It's a min- yes. I like that ministry of presence. Ministry it of is presence. very. True, and very apropos when it comes to grieving parent people. If you're yes. just there with them, that is a ministry in and of itself. And thank you for saying that. I sometimes get asked, well, what should I do? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do to help. Just be there. Yeah. You don't have to do or say mm-hmm. anything. Seriously, friends, just be there. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing that you need to do when you reach that point? of being grieved over the either. You know, death is not just the only thing that causes us to grieve. We grieve over our children. We grieve over our job. You grieve over just things you can't do anymore. Uh, that year that was so bad for us, I had throat surgery, and it was pre-cancer condition. Mm. And the doctor said, you must not talk. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to just whisper. Don't, no talking. He took me to Henderson to have that surgery. And that was part of my problem is I talked everything to death, I think, <laughs> with with the kids. And, I mean, we just oh, yeah. planned every day. We had a devotion in the morning. And, and so I just kind of relaxed and began to allow them to feel the need that I, you know, that I had in my heart. And so there are a lot of things that we can do to help. But the most important thing we can do is to take it to the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. <laughs> All about my troubles. All my troubles. He can help. He's the only one who can help. Absolutely. Tell Jesus. That's that's number one. And don't feel like it has to be some big um, King James English prayer. This is your heart crying out to him um, wherever you are. My encouragement is to get into his presence. Mm-hmm. Let your heart flow out to him, whatever it is. If it's anger, if it's sadness, if it's discouragement, if it's pain, if it's confusion, whatever it is, just let it all pour out, but then don't run away. Mm-hmm. Stay there a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. God does not often speak over a bunch of noise in our heads. There's so much sound, and sometimes our own thoughts and feelings can create a a, a noise, a cacophony of sound in our head. God can and does speak anytime and anywhere he chooses, but most often he waits until our souls get quiet. Mm-hmm. At Psalm 46.10, if I remember the, the reference, be still and know yeah. that I am God. 
pour all your emotions out, journal if you must, cry if you must, whatever it is. Let all that flow out in God's presence, but then don't run away. Mm-hmm. Stay there a little bit longer, get quiet, and that's when he can speak to you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it may just not feel much at all, but okay, it's just not quite so intense. Sometimes it may be a simple knowing, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you may get a, a particular word, something that he will speak to you that speaks directly to your situation. A uh, friend who lost her older sister told me that she had always seen her older sister as a rock, and she was saying to God, why did you take my rock away from me? And at one point when her heart was still, God said to her, I am your rock. Mm-hmm. I'm the one. Mm-hmm. And in, in whatever, I, I remember Oral Roberts and, and his wife, their son committed suicide, and as they were wrestling in the months after, I, I heard him talk about, God said to them at one point, I know something about this mm-hmm. that you don't know. I know the bigger picture. I've got this handled. Uh, I, you, you can trust me with this. Whatever it is, his answers may not always satisfy your intellectual curiosity, but they will satisfy your soul. If you stick around long enough and you let your soul be quiet, your soul can receive the answer. And I like to think of the answer as capital A. He becomes himself the answer. Mm-hmm. Amen. Give us uh, contact information, Dr. Carol. Do you mind doing that? Oh, I would love to. And the easiest way to reach me is drcarolministries.com. That's D-R-C-A-R-O-L ministries.com. There's a contact us page there. I respond to everyone personally. And I'll also give you a toll-free number, 888-537-2276 or drcarolministries.com. would love to hear from you. Dr. <laughs> yes, I can be reached at my webpage, my name, E-D-N-A-S-T-A-U-D-T dot com, com. My last words would be to um, the serenity prayer. And as you're going through that, say, Lord, give me that serenity mm-hmm. to accept the things I cannot change, the things that are unacceptable to me. Lord, give me that serenity to accept them. God, give me the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's where we should be with this grief. We cannot change it, and uh, we have to accept it. I call it, when I deal with people on grief scenes, I say, I know it is the unacceptable thing we have to accept. It's un- but we just have to accept it. And uh, it is a pleasure to be here with you, Miss Evelyn. God bless you. Love being here. And uh, if you want to reach me, it's edmastout.com. I want to thank you all for coming today. And, and I would say in our closing, um, The answer to grief is joy. Amen. Yes. And when you come to realize that joy is Jesus over you Mm -hmm. or Jesus others in you, Mm -hmm. he doesn't just have a plan for our life. He has a plan for our children, uh, for our nation. And these are the things that we really do need to begin to to, uh, come to understand and appropriate in the freedom that we have in this nation yes. to serve the Lord Jesus. But I would say to you as you're listening today, if this is all Greek to you, and you don't understand what we talked about today, if you feel like you've got a hole in your heart that nothing can fill, the Lord Jesus wants to fill that. And he will do that. He is our rope of hope to a better life, to love, to mercy, goodness, kindness, all of the fruit 
that's ours because of what he does in our life. So if you need to get in touch with us, you can call us on the love line, 512-249-6535, or go to lovetalknetwork.com. But I do want to say thank you for joining us today, and thank you to uh, Dr. Carol and, and Judge Edna. Y'all are my best friends. I get in trouble, I'm going to call you. <laughs> if I, I hope you don't left. get in trouble. I hope you don't need my help. Uh, anyway, thank you, Gavin, and God bless you. And give us a call, and we'll see you in